Welcome to Memory Lame, a bad songwriter podcast. I'm your host, Anna. Today we're here with Gabe Leibowitz. Gabe is a singer, instrumentalist, songwriter, going by the name Calvero currently. Um, hey. Hey, what's up? How's it I'm going? a bad songwriter. Are you? Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I've known Gabe for a long time now. I don't remember when exactly we met. Let's just say many moons. Many moons yeah, ago. Yeah, many moons ago. Before he wrote the bad songs that he writes now... Gabe wrote bad songs a long time ago as well. Oh, yeah. Many moons ago. <laughs> many, many moons ago. Yep. When did you start writing music? I started writing my own songs probably when I was about 16. What was your first instrument then? Um, I actually first learned drums. Oh, and really? Yeah, the, the trick that I had, because I loved the Muppets and uh-huh. uh, Animal from the, he was in yep. the, the Electric Mayhem. Um, he was my inspiration and I wanted to be like him, but it, there were only like a couple kids that were allowed to use drums as the or percussion as the instrument in band in like what was it middle school i guess and yeah. um because most people had to do like trumpet and brass and stuff and i pulled the asthma card said i have asthma i can't use my lungs for to blow into instruments and so they let me pick up the drums so when did you learn another instrument um i so i started um, drums when I was 13 and then a couple of years later picked up the acoustic. Do you know why you started writing music? I I think what happened was I was like I was really into like when I was a drummer I was really into like Rush like mm-hmm. if anyone saw Freaks and Geeks like I was very similar to uh, Jason <laughs> Siegel's character I just like just like fantasized about having a 30 kit drum rack and I loved like yes and King Crimson and really into like prog stuff and then when I was in high school I became a real saddie and um I on a whim like I was really into this death metal prog band called Opeth they're like a Swedish band and on their website they listed all this music that they were listening to because it's half like brutal death metal and half just like kind of very sad Nordic goth folk music and uh, they had these album recommendations that was like Nick Drake, Five Leaves Left, and um, and Red House Painters. Since I was a real saddie, I just picked up some of those albums on a whim, and it just changed my life. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to express myself that mm. way. You wrote your first song, and then you wrote other songs. I assume. Were you doing that solo? Did you form a band at some point, or were you doing it alone? For yeah, a while? I think in high school when I was growing up, it was always it was always just with a acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and um, so I would do I would write originals, and then I I think like the way that I got comfortable playing acoustic guitar um, and singing was that I would do kind of like shithead covers of like cartoon theme songs like I really did. yeah because like I guess dashboard confessional was a big thing back then and I oh, was yes. kind of making fun of the dudes that would show up at open mics and do like the real sad strummy shit so I would do it in Me. that vein but it would be like <laughs> the Muppet Babies theme song that's or amazing I'm just a bill from schoolhouse rock so that's amazing I have a whole medley of Saturday morning cartoon songs that oh, I put really? together. I'll, sh- I'll show it to you later. Okay. Uh, it was pretty fun. What were some of the theme songs? Oh, I mean, Do you the, remember? the Pokemon theme song, certainly. Pinky and the Brain was in there. Animaniacs was yeah. in there. A bunch of them. Sweet. Oh, Pepper Ann. That's a good one. Very nice. Mm-hmm. 
you had a band called Dastardly yes. for a while. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that came together and when that came together? Um, yeah, I think, uh, so I wasn't in any bands where I was the singer in mm -hmm. uh, my hometown. And then I moved to Chicago, went to college for a year and dropped out. And um, I was kind of like trying to figure out a band to front. And the first one was kind of more singer songwritery stuff where I had a backing band. And then one was like almost kind of like completely directionless post-punk. It was kind of like I was seeing in, in Chicago, there were all these like kind of Chicago suburb bands that was kind of like emo-ish, very heavy and uh -huh. like not like anything I ever listened to, but was trying to see if maybe I fit in with that little niche. And, and folks, I sure did not. So <laughs> also that also lasted a year and I was kind of like, entertaining my love of like Graham Parsons and Towns Van mm -hmm. Zandt and more on the countryside of things and and getting really into like George Jones and Patsy Cline and like the the 50s 60s shit and I just wanted to start like a country band and I put out an ad on Craigslist and everybody in Dastardly was um they were just Craigslist finds because wow. I still wasn't really part of the Chicago music scene or right. anything. So I'd only lived here for a few years at that point. So just kind of grew from that. We can work out. I love the internet. I have many internet friends. Really? Yeah. Who's your best internet friend? Oh man. If you're going to count online dating as well as internet friends, then. Well, that, well, I never thought of that. Yeah, for That's sure. True. I mean, plenty of people that I've met <laughs> on uh, dating apps have become friends. Right. So. I won't, I won't name names here in case they don't want to be named, but... Oh, fair enough, but it's good to know. You've met some good friends yeah. through, the, through the apps. 100%. And, cool. And through Craigslist, honestly, a couple of friends. You know they're making apps, like I saw there's something like in Nashville that's kind of like, it's set up like Tinder, but it's for songwriters. Wait, Where you really? kind of like, they're trying to do that shit. So I guess it's almost huh. like the next level of how to meet people like in Craigslist, but instead of maybe possibly getting murdered... Um, right. it's more like you have a profile and then people swipe and see like, maybe we're compatible. And then if there's a match, that's super cool. Actually, yeah. I wonder if it will actually be successful. Who knows? The song that we're going to listen to today yes. is a dastardly song. Correct. It's technically a dastardly song. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's a song that we never performed as a band. It's actually from a compilation that I had put out that was like, a bunch of actually dastardly rejects because what would happen was that I would write a shitload of songs and I'd do demos and kind of like have a basic percussive feel and some harmonies and then I'd present them to the band and most of the time they'd be like no this nah, absolutely not and <laughs> um and this was one of those but I eventually yeah put them out as a little compilation cool now do you want to tell us about the song beforehand or do you want to listen and then talk about it um no, let's let's listen to it. Politically active Stephen is outside City Hall every Outside is outside City Hall every day. When it's cold outside, politically active. 
then is not as radical Politically active Stephen's not as politically active when it's cold forgive me <laughs> I, I don't get it what's embarrassing about that that was totally fine such a normal completely fine song right are you being sarcastic <laughs> a little bit yeah okay good yes <laughs> yes good yes get, i saw fear in your eyes for a moment were you absolutely scared? <laughs> oh and you're just like i actually that's my favorite that's, song you ever yeah, wrote that's actually amazing. that's the best thing you've ever done no it's like it's really interesting that you asked me to do this podcast because i've been like I've been like a real fucking therapy bro for the past year. Um, mm-hmm. I started doing therapy a year ago and a lot of it is kind of confronting how I've grown and evolved as a person. And I'm really proud of the strides that I've made. And I'm there's a lot of like, I mean, this was written in 2011. There was almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, that song signifies a lot of like, what just looking back i think was like just real shitty personality traits that Mm -hmm. i really had to grow the fuck up from if you if you really think about the narrative of this song it's basically there's this guy and this was like written during occupy wall street and i was Uh just like I was raised on South Park, right? Where it's just like, if you care about anything, you're lame. Like mm-hmm. Al Gore's lame, George Bush is lame, everyone's just lame because it's all, it's all, it all means nothing. And so basically, this narrative, the way that I see it in retrospect, it's like, there's this guy, the guy who's the villain is the guy who like cares about politics and wants change. And it's all just like superficial. He's only doing it to get chicks. It's only like, it's all surface level. There's no substance. He's just trying to like, 
impress people and i'm the hero because i just like love south park and just like don't <laughs> i don't care that much about things and i have this girlfriend who's like she just can't think for herself and is just like duped by this politically active Steven guy. You know what made me, if you don't mind me rambling, what made me think of this song was that I was recently, I was going down a wormhole of uh, ContraPoints videos. Do y'all know ContraPoints? No, explain for our yeah, listening she, audience. She's kind of like a, she's, she's a YouTuber that is known for kind of de-radicalizing people that fall into the alt-right. Mm -hmm. um, and she made this, incredible like long form youtube video kind of describing incels um for those of you who don't know incel means involuntarily celibate and basically the way that incels see the world is that there are two kind of people there's incels and there's chads and incels are people who are doomed to never have sex and they're doomed to never have like a relationship. And there's chads that women are so stupid that they just like will only have sex with these chads. And it's for them, it's all based on skull shapes and skull sizes. And th these people like it's all on 4chan and 8chan where they get radicalized into convincing themselves that they are just doomed to never have sex and for women to never like them just because of the size of their skull that they were born with. I did and, and not know about the skull size thing. It's fucking crazy. Um, and so, you know, I was never like on the 4chan message boards or anything, but I was somebody who was kind of brought up thinking that like Woody Allen was the fucking canon and thinking that Louis C.K. like had it figured out. And these are all guys that it's like they present themselves as just like very sweet, sensitive dudes who mm -hmm. like women always just push aside for some sort of like douchebag. And I saw myself as that too. I mean, I know that I'm super overanalyzing the song, but to me, just like looking back at the narrative, like that's an example of that. So, so as yeah, someone who now, like, first of all, has worked through a lot of that. And part of that is confronting how I saw the world for a good deal of time as a young adult. Now I'm just like, I fucking love Bernie Sanders. And I'm a big, I'm almost like a commie. And I, I listen, I'm like, obsessed with the news and kind of like leftist strategies and everything. And like, of course, of course, you have to care about the world if you don't care then like it's just then you give way to fascism and authoritarianism right. who just um who just will will take over if if you just don't care about anything it's ridiculous that's why to me like that's of all the fucking shitty songs i've written uh -huh. that is uh, that that to me is just bad yeah real bad yeah i understand that i'm pretty sure if i dig back far enough in my songs too i have some Ones that are lyrically embarrassing in similar ways. Yeah, how yeah. so? Um, I read the lyrics and I'm like, this is just a very different way of thinking about life <laughs> right. than, than I know now. Just like speaks to a naivete or just a really different viewpoint on the world, which can be hard to look back at. But it's also nice because sometimes I'm like, oh, man, do people ever really change? And have I really changed fundamentally as a person? And then I look back at some of my old writing and oh, things yeah. I created. And I'm like, oh, I have like, oh, there's growth happening here. It's good to see your it's good to see your growth. And, and another thing, too, is that I, I feel like people don't talk about this stuff that much. But I know that like when I was a younger artist, um, I was always just like, 
I felt like I needed to be like this this big popular like national worldwide touring artist mm-hmm. but like when I was like 23 or and if if I wasn't like big when I was 25 then it was just like a big failure and stuff and now like now that I've I've kind of learned how to slow down I'm almost 32 and just like I don't I mean I've co-written some songs for for bigger artists but as as an artist i'm pretty much unknown Mm -hmm. and um and looking back at kind of who i was and how i presented myself in my lyrics it's kind of like thank fucking god (laughs) thank fucking god that's not how i like came to the world so if if you like if you have the chance to just like become an adult and have make mistakes and learn from them and evolve um before you're in the public eye then maybe that's a fucking blessing for some people. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I think about, you know, some of the very young recording artists now who are popular in the music they're putting out. And I wonder, like, uh, 10 years down the road, are they going to feel really embarrassed by that? You know, I was just talking, I think, last night with somebody about how glad I was that YouTube wasn't a thing when I was, like, in middle school. Because the shit that I would have put on YouTube in middle school, because I would have done it, Mm -hmm. it would have been very bad. Yep. And it would have been there on the internet and I would have lost the password and it would still be there. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of your songwriting process, I know you were talking about like in Dasterly, you would bring a lot of demos and, and see what worked for it. How, how do you think like it's changed for you now? Oh, it's changed um, an insane amount. And so for those of you that don't know, Dasterly was a band that um, we were pretty active from 2010 to 2000. 12 um and then we took a couple years off and made an album and then we put the album out in 2015 and then we broke up i was i in in that time in between us being active and making this album i was um i was learning how to write pop music um my friend his name's David Singer Vine. Um, he he was in a group called The Cataracts. He co-wrote a song called Like a G6, if anyone remembers that, from 2010. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had just kind of contacted me on a whim and was just like, hey, I can, I'm looking to get some songs made in, in L.A. And I had never thought about writing for, for, like, someone else. I just spent a couple years just trying to write songs um, on GarageBand and sending it to him and learning, like, when would he text back? When would he not text back? Having someone who literally wrote a number one song to be able to bounce that off of was pretty amazing. But I think that for Dastardly, there was really, as you heard from this song that we just Mm -hmm. listened to, there was no structure. And um, it was very much like this is how I see the world. This is just for me. There's not really any, and I think that's fine. That's a way to do art, but there's nothing about that song that I'm listening to now that that sounds inviting to a listener unless they're a fucking incel that like loves right. South Park. And I think that with pop music, first of all, like having the structure of like, this is how a pop song goes. You have a verse you have a pre-chorus, you have a chorus. If you go into like Max Martin and the Swedish people, they have like literal song math about like rhythm and um, note uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. That's like, that can be helpful. But um, it was more just writing something that like was true to myself and had a heart to it, um, but that anybody could sing or that someone who wasn't me could sing. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
and learning how to do that and and like removing my ego and my need to like put my specific brain into people's faces for everything um kind of just taught me how to be a better writer in my opinion um in general and so After Dastardly broke up and I started this new project, Calvero, I really wanted to take what I learned as far as like setting up a pop song that maybe I'm going to have a female singer that I've never met before is going to be singing that chorus or something um, with the hopes that any any person who stumbles upon the song on a Spotify playlist is going to be like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Losers are lovers. You know, that's a Tara Jr. song that I co-wrote. And having that same ethos for me um, as an artist, like, what do I love? I love Bruce Springsteen. I love Meatloaf. I love Sade. I love Celine Dion. But I also love Ariana Grande Mm -hmm. and Ellie Goulding and like a lot of pop music that's out right now. And just trying to figure out how to fuse that together in its own way. That's kind of been the the new journey and it's also i used to shit songs out like every day like that song i just like would chug a fucking red bull and just (laughs) do a song in a couple hours and now like i really take my fucking time writing a song i'll sometimes stretch it out for a month or so where i just like have the chords i'll get um the chords going i'll have like a little loop i have my guitar i have a piano and i'm really just like sculpting the melody and really putting a lot of care into the melody and just like treating every every note and every word just like with a lot of care because with pop music every word counts yes and um it just takes longer it takes longer and i take a lot more pride in it that sounds fucking great cool (laughs) (laughs) so i know you're mentioning artists that you like and like to listen to but Mm -hmm. um who are some of your inspirations right now this moment today some songs you've been listening to albums artists that you're really loving currently yeah i mean I've been kind of obsessed with. I, I I'm a big Charlie XCX fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she she has such a cool trajectory because she can write the fuck out of a pop song for yes. anybody. Um, but she her own path as an artist has been just like really really weird. Um, like she works with Sophie and the PC Music crew and and do, does like really abrasive kind of deconstructed pop music and and it feels like it is just completely her world that she is guiding um and it's very it feels like very alien but Mm -hmm. also just like incredibly emotional and vulnerable and i just love that shit so i love the pop 2 album and then her new one charlie what else? I um I just I've been listening to the Angel Olsen a bunch. I know like yeah. you know yo it's like saying I love Big Thief. We all love Big <laughs> Thief. We all yeah. love Angel. We all read the blogs, but um I the, her new album is just like so giving. It is so yes. large and it is kind of like you're just um walking through her mind as she is healing from this relationship and trying to decide whether or not she's going to move forward and um it's just I've been listening to it a bunch I'm gonna keep listening to it um I've never heard anything that quite fuses it's just like it's very grandiose and she has such a dramatic voice but the but the vibe is it reminds me a lot of like Nick Drake five leaves left and it's um it kind of has this really amazing fusion of introspective and what's the opposite of introspective out (laughs) outros 
outrospective. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I, I didn't go to college. It's okay. <laughs> um, so I like that. Other than that, like I've been fucking listening to a lot of Sixpence None the Richer. Great. And like and like Paula Cole and and shit. That's just kind of been doing the trick for me just like 1999 natalie and brulia that's oh, just yeah. kind of like that's what i've been into sounds great yeah well thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you for having me again calvero calvero is the name you can find calvero's music on spotify and all the streaming services i yeah. assume and um, i'm on instagram calvero underscore sings perfect and twitter yes oh i'm on twitter great yeah. Well, go on and give him a follow. Uh, and thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. We'll be posting a playlist with all the artists and songs that we mentioned on today's episode so you can listen to that. Please rate, review, subscribe, and follow us. It really helps us out. Thanks. Bye.